One of them's got a face for radio, and the other is blind as a bat. You be the judge of which is which. It's TM5, sponsored by Hannah Strawn Realty. Dan Marino should rot in hell. Nobody knows anything about brain. America! Who wants some Arnie Palmies? Everybody love everybody! Jesus, what happened to your face? Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter's? Good morning, West Georgia! Welcome in to the Morning 5 Podcast. It is Thursday, August 10th, and Billy, today is National S'mores Day. That sounds fantastic right now. Oh my god. Let me give... Give me some. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I love s'mores, man. You, you go outside, you make a little bonfire... You have a couple beers, and you make some s'mores, man. But and whenever, whenever we make s'mores, we always inevitably uh, roast some wieners uh, on the on the bonfire outside as well. Like it's, it's hand in hand. Uh, but s'mores are a staple of like a fall or winter cookout. Like you can't have a fall or winter cookout without s'mores. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something you have to do. So um, yeah, you put you take the you take the gram right. You get the mala. Okay. <laughs> you put the chocolate on the gram. Oh, God. I, then you, I love it. I'm always confused, though. I don't, I don't know why people ask me that. I don't know how I can have s'more when I haven't had anything to begin with. I don't... It's just very... It's very, very confusing. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> what a great scene from that movie, dude. The whole camp out God, with the kids and... <laughs> the ghost story. That might be my favorite scene in uh, Sandlot. Forever. 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 <laughs> uh, what a great movie. Uh, s'mores are amazing. Uh, we got some s'more... Uh, my mind just went blank. Oatmeal. So the kids like to eat that oat, instant oatmeal a lot for breakfast before school. And we found some s'more-flavored instant oatmeal. Really? Yeah, not bad. It's uh, made by like Big Grizzly or Grizzly brand uh, oatmeal. Not bad. Not bad Grizzly at all. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not bad at all. It's like a it's like a protein. Uh, it's supposed to be some sort of like healthy oatmeal, but they flavor it to, so it tastes good. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not bad. S'more oatmeal, pretty interesting. Uh, Billy, last night the Braves beat the Pirates six five, win the series two games to one. Albies with two RBIs. Oh. What? Didn't win the series. Didn't we win the series 2-1? No, we have another game today. We have a four-game set? Yeah, four oh, that's right. Players. That's right. The uh, We have a four. We have like back-to-back four-game sets, don't we? Or something weird on this road trip? Uh, I think we have two four-game... I, I think we have two four-game sets on this road trip. I, I remember... I, lo- just had, I thought we just did the, the three-game sets It's. It's a four with against the, the Cubs. Yeah. Four against the Pirates yep. and three against the, the Mets. Right? Four, four against the Mets. We you have, sure? Yeah, I'm Are positive. We, we, Monday? we have a doubleheader. We have a doubleheader on Saturday for a rainout game. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Okay. I remember looking at the uh, schedule earlier this week and be like, we have back-to-back four-game sets. Uh, so Braves, Braves take it last night, six to five. It is two in a row a streak? That's more than one in a row, right? That's a streak, correct? It's better than we've been going, yeah. <laughs> uh, Albies with two RBIs. Acuna, Riley, Murphy, and Harris all added in RBIs as well. Billy, something that stood out to me yesterday in the Braves game is we won a game, finally, 
without having to hit a long ball, which is really nice to see. That's one of the bit. That's been one of the big complaints from me about this Brave squad is when the ball's not sailing out of the park, we for some reason cannot find ways to win. But last night we did. You know, we single, double, death by a thousand cuts type deal. And it's just sort of refreshing to see. We had 15 hits last night. None of them were long balls. We scored six runs. It's great to see that the Braves can win in other ways other than just blasting 400-foot moonshots out of the park. Yeah, and then we have we have a heart attack with Rysel Iglesias again. In the night. But, you know, again, it is dude. What, it is. what is it, man? What, I mean, he had... What he had first and second or like second and third in the in the oh my goodness. He said a lot of me, man, but it, it's annoying. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating watching him. And it like it seems like more times than not, he slithers out of those jams. Like it he, he gets out of the jams more times than not. But it's just the fact that every single time he gets out, it seems like he's in a jam. Every single time out. Uh it's Will Smith 2.0, man. Yeah, I swear to right. God. You're right. It's Will Smith 2.0. It's it's very eerily similar to Will Smith. Uh, Freed went four innings last night, giving up four earned runs and four Ks. He was uh, sailing along there until the fourth inning when he had a hit a roadblock and they just started piling on to him. Uh, not a terrible outing, but, I mean, your, sec- your second outing back from a long, long layoff, I didn't think he was going to repeat his uh, – his outing from a couple days ago, so not the best outing from Freed, but it's nothing. It's nothing that I'm going to lose sleep over. Yeah, I, I mean he he wasn't hitting his spots as well, uh, I, and you can attribute that to different environment. It wasn't a day game. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of different factors that you can contribute that to, but uh, man, it is what it is. You know, he didn't. Braves didn't lose. We're we're all good. Yeah, and the uh, the pin came in and shut it down. Colin McHugh looked good. AJ Minter, AJ Minter looked good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a. I just I just find it refreshing when the Braves can win without having to just you know hit seventeen home runs. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see what and we're what a uh, hundred and twelve games into the season. Sure. I'd be interested to see how many um, game. We like what our record is when we don't hit a home run. Uh, I can probably pull that up here for you in a second. Yeah, that would be that's a it doesn't happen very much, but when it doesn't, I don't think our record's all that great. I don't either. I know, I know our record when we hit less than two is not very good. See if Stat Muse wants to wants to work for us this morning. The Braves did do Braves did play really well last night, and defense. I don't know what is going on, and I don't know if it's just Pittsburgh, but I swear to you that it, I I have seen so many balls go under the glove of Orlando Arcia this this series that it's just sickening me. That was like the second or third last know. night, wasn't it? Of that game. Yeah. Like, there's been a couple in the previous two games, too, that's just driving me crazy. Uh, Stat Muse isn't, isn't working. Yeah. No. I found, I found their record. That's where I pulled that record the other day with two home runs or more. 
You would think if they would have that, they would have the no home runs, but uh, yeah, can't find it. It'd be interesting, Billy. I'll see if I can pull that. I'll see if I can find that stat today, and then we'll we'll bring it up on the podcast tomorrow. Because I would I would assume it's probably not a very good record. Um, just just off just guessing, just guessing off the top of my head. Uh, Billy, we are coming up on NFL season, football season, and with that comes one of my favorite things to do around football season one of my favorite pastimes billy it's fantasy football and i was going over some of some of the rankings yesterday for fantasy football um in fact we have a tm5 fantasy football league this year where where billy and i and six other listeners will battle to compete for the crown of tm5 fantasy football champion uh so that's gonna be fun but I, i was just browsing yesterday you know we were getting a lot of the early early on draft tiering and you know a lot of the mock drafts early on you know we still got four 20 something days until the nfl season starts so these could change a lot but i think some of these just kind of jumped off the board at me and and surprised me billy so let's we're gonna go we're gonna go position by position running back wide receiver quarterback tight end we're not gonna mess with defense or kickers uh so the running backs the top tier running backs tier one running backs right now uh christian mccaffrey I don't think anybody can argue with that. Nick Chubb. Stud. Yep. Uh, Nick Chubb, another stud. Austin Eckler, another stud, uh, tier one. Yeah. And then a, a tier one running back that I was really shocked to see be a tier one running back just because of the depth chart that just came out yesterday. Bijan Robinson is a tier one running back. Yeah, that's interesting because the... As you mentioned, the the depth chart did come out yesterday. He's third on the depth chart, but that's behind. Um, it's behind um, Algier and Cordell Patterson. Or and Algier, yeah. So I I don't know, man. That's that's a little bit weird for me. Yeah, I was a little I was a little thrown back by Bijan Robinson being a tier one, tier two. Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Barkley, and Tony Pollard. Uh, I don't really have any arguments there other than that. I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to play this year. So that might be something to look out for. Tier three, Josh Jacobs. Uh, tier four, Ramondre Stevenson and Naj Harris. Now, tier five, this is this is where I have some, I have a little bit of issue with the tier five here because I think, I think two of these tier five guys should be a little bit higher. I would probably take one in tier four and one in tier three. Tier five is Travis Etienne Jr., Joe Mixon and and Brees Hall, who is an absolute workhorse monster last year. Um, the fact that those guys are tier five really threw me off. And then Aaron Jones at tier six, which I think Aaron Jones might be the steal of the draft for a lot of people because of the workload he's going to get up there with Jordan Love, uh, probably not throwing it as heavy as as Aaron Rodgers has. But I was really surprised they had Brees Hall so low on their running back list. Yeah, Brees Hall should be a lot higher. My that's what I was thinking. I agree with you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, What's the depth chart look in, in New York for that? Um, Brees is uh, the starter. Uh, Brees is still the starter. Uh, Michael Carter is, Why I is think, he... second. Uh, who knows? He's coming off an injury, and they got a new offense. They're bringing Aaron Rodgers in. I don't know. I, I don't know. And the fact that I don't know if Brees Hall is not at training camp, but the fact that Hard Knocks didn't feature Brees Hall at all in their first episode, I was really thrown back by that. That was very shocking. Yeah, that is a little bit strange. Yeah. Uh, over on the wide receiver, tier one, I have no issue with. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup. All studs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all studs. 
Uh, in Tier 2, Tier 2 I also don't have an issue with. Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Devontae Adams. No arguments. Yep. Uh, tier 3 is where I got uh, I got a little bit of issue because I think I think one of these Tier 3 guys probably should be a Tier 2 guy. Uh, Amal Ross St. Brown, I love that guy. Uh, I don't think he should be Tier 2, but I love him. Jalen Waddle, once again, love that guy. Probably Tier 3 is correct. And then Garrett Wilson is a Tier 3 wide receiver. That's going to be a little bit too low for this year. I would like to see I would like to see Garrett Wilson bumped up to Tier 2, especially with A.A. Ron back there slinging him the pill. Yeah, yeah. I think Garrett Wilson proved himself last year alone, and then uh, this year it's going to be even better. Yep. Uh, tier That's four. No, I'm with you. No, I'm 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 1,000 with you, man. Uh, tier four: Chris Olave, T. Higgins. Tier five: Amari uh, Cooper, Devontae Smith. I think I'm fine with with both of those. Chris Olave could have a big season. Amari Cooper, depending on what Deshaun Watson does, could have a big season, but it's heavily dependent on his quarterback play. Amazing that we continue to talk about Ohio State receivers in the NFL. Talking about having amazing seasons. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones in the NFL. Uh, all right, over to quarterbacks. There's no tier one, two, or three quarterbacks. It's just because of the way the draft is. Um, but the quarterbacks right now in the same tier, tier four, these are all tier four quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. And we go, we go, we go down. Yep. Yep. I'm sitting there thinking, like, why, why just those three? Like, there should be one more. There should be one more, and that's that's my issue with this yeah yeah i'm i'm with you we think we're thinking the same way uh tier six so tier four is patty mahomes josh allen J- uh, jalen hurts tier six two tiers below is lamar jackson and joe burr what the hell i don't know i i don't because he's injured i maybe that might be it but but if he if if that's the case then why is jonathan taylor a tier two running back when he's had all the sit-outs and everything and why is Cooper Cup up there Cooper Cup just got injured in in preseason practice so I I don't I don't know man I I can't I can't tell you I can't tell you why Joe Burr they have the same fantasy outlook as Lamar Jackson I'm not I'm not with that I think Joe Burr should be a weird yeah should be a should be a tier four with all the other top quarterbacks uh tier seven Justin Herbert Justin Fields, I'm fine with that, whatever. Tier 8, Trevor Lawrence. I'd probably bring Trevor Lawrence up with the Justin and Justin show in Tier 7. Um, tier 11 is Deshaun Watson. I, you just don't know what you're going to get without, with him. Boomer bust, really. Tier 12, Dak Prescott and Tua Tungvaloa. Once again, is Dak going to throw 35 interceptions again this year? And can Tua play more than eight games without getting a concussion? I don't know. Uh, Dan Jones, Kirk Cousins, Tier 13. Tier 14, Geno Smith and Billy. This might be another steal. You know how I said Aaron Jones would be the steal of the running backs possibly in the late rounds? This is yeah. an, this is another steal. If this guy is going tier 15 in his average ADP, if it's going where it's going now in the drafts, they have Aaron Rodgers as a tier 15 quarterback. What the hell? I don't know. What the hell? I don't know. We're just, a, we're just a year removed from Aaron Rodgers being back-to-back MVPs. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers right now, if, if the ADP holds, could be a steal of the draft, could be a last-round type of type draft. And then on the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, obviously the only Tier 1 guy. I mean, dude is dude is a monster. Um, my advice would be if, if you are in the first round, 
and you get a late first round pick, pick up Travis Kelsey. If you cannot get Travis Kelsey, I would wait until very late in the draft to pick up a tight end or just go tight end zero draft. If you draft early in the preseason, go tight end zero draft, load up on wide receivers and running backs, and then figure out a tight end once the regular season rolls around. But uh, but tier one, Travis Kelsey. Tier five, Mark Andrews. Tier eight, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, tier nine, George Kittle. And tier, tier 10, Kyle Pitts. And then once you get past Kyle Pitts, I mean, there's, you know, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, Pat Fryer, David Njoku, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet. I mean, there's just a... There's just a bunch of rotational kind of guys you can throw in there from week to week. But my advice would be if, if you don't get Travis Kelsey round one, if it's a 10 or 12 man league and you don't get Travis Kelsey round one, I would wait and, and pick up Muth or Ingram or Njoku or something like that um, very late in the draft or just go tight end zero. I've done that before. I've, I've gone tight end zero quarterback zero drafts before when we draft early in the preseason. That way, if anybody gets hurt running back wide receiver wise, I have some backups. And quarterbacks and tight ends are a dime a dozen because you only have one starting spot on your roster for them, so you can usually pick up a, a decent tight end or, or quarterback on the waiver wire. But yeah, I, I don't have a I don't have a ton of issue with with these rankings, but I, I do think um, I think Brees Hall, uh, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson and Joe Burr probably ranked just a little bit too low. What tier was uh, Desmond Ritter? Oh yes, absolutely. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't believe Desmond Ritter is even ranked on here. So a couple things uh, that that irritate me um, about fantasy football drafts. Okay. Um, I don't know why it irritates me, but I, it just does. Um, taking the quarterback in the first round. Oh, so stupid. So stupid. It irritates the piss out of me. So stupid. Taking a defense or a kicker before your final two rounds irritates the piss out of me like i don't know why just us it irritates me okay so um yeah those those are a couple things when you're when you're talking about your draft like what bryce is talking about loading up on wide receivers and running backs that's where your money makers are yep and like i don't even look start looking at a quarterback until probably fifth, fifth round i think when I start looking and also those people who take quarterback like two quarterbacks oh what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing dude like what why waste an entire roster spot on a guy that's probably never gonna start like what are you doing uh, yeah right. yeah I, I mean see I'm usually I'm usually my la- going up from last to second to last to third to last on rounds I most of the time I pick up my quarterback in the last round it's quarterback kicker defense i usually pick my defense first the kicker in the second to last round and my quarterbacks in the last round yeah i i don't go that far no I'll, no I'll, that, I'll, that's fine fifth or, I mean, fifth or sixth round somewhere around there is where i start looking at a quarterback they have not like I, I start i'm i'm just shocked that they have not ranked desmond ritter in this thing very that's very shocking i'm i'm very i'm i'm shocked it's crazy shocked are you i'm i'm shocked very shocked i mean they got they got brock purdy on here they got kyler murray bryce young i don't even think cj strad's on here dad strad cj strad's not even on here i don't know that's odd i don't know why i don't know why they haven't ranked 
um, differently. So, but yeah, that's a uh, fantasy football coming up. Everybody that is in the TM five fantasy football league, get geared up and ready to go. It's going to be a fun season. We will have segments on the podcast every single week to talk about it. And we will have social media posts as well every week talking about matchups and everything and who's winning and, um, well, you know, why, why Abner's in last. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, Billy, over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about it. it's been a major issue on a lot of, you know, stuff that we do, like, you know, podcasts, talking head shows, sports shows. It's, it's college football realignment. It's sort of been on the tongue of everybody uh, and on the minds of everybody that, that likes college football and everything. So I, I came up with this idea a long, long time ago. I know I've sent it to you. I don't think I've ever brought it up on the podcast, but. Uh, I, I brought this up and, and how to fix college football. Now, this would never, ever happen. I don't believe. I don't think we could ever get this implemented into it. And I got to give uh, credit where credit is due. Um, uh, Chuck from Chuck and Chernoff uh, was one of the first guys that came up with this idea. And I heard it on the radio one time and I kind of rolled with it because I loved the idea. So, so his idea, Chuck's idea, and, and Chernoff and everybody else told him he was an idiot. And it's a terrible idea. It will never be implemented. But I loved it was to have a pro reg system for college football, a promotion relegation system for college football. Uh, and he mainly wanted it for the SEC. He wanted SEC A and SEC B. To be in SEC A, you had to win SEC B. Once you move up from SEC B into SEC A, you could compete for national championships. And I was like, well, what if we do that for the entirety of college football? So college football, in my, in my model would be broken up into geographical locations. You would have the Northeast, the Southeast, the Northwest, and the Southwest. And it's just essentially a arbitrary line that you would draw draw in the middle of, of USA and you would break teams up in divisions. You would have four major divisions consisting of, I believe it was 10 teams. You'd have 10 teams in it. Uh, you'd have Northeast A, North uh, Northwest A, Southwest A, and Southeast A. And these teams, these 10 teams that were in the A divisions had to play their own teams in the A in the A division they were in, and they would have two to three out-of-division games, but they could only play other teams that were in other A divisions, if that makes sense. So there's four, four professional leagues, essentially. And, and the makeup would be, would be this. You could only make it to the college football championship or college football playoffs right now if you were in one of the A conferences – and we would probably take, I think we would take two teams, the top two teams from each A conference and put them in an eight team, uh, a playoff. And if you're in a, if we could even have a B and a C conference. So, so the North, and I wrote this a long time ago. So the teams that might be in this Northeast A could probably change, but, but my Northeast A right now, this was written, I don't know, probably 2016. It was Ohio State and Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Iowa, Northwestern, Boston College, and Iowa State. Those were the teams that were eligible to make it into the college football playoffs at the time. The Northeast B would be Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Rutgers, Syracuse, Pitt, Temple, Ohio, and Cincinnati. Those teams would make up the lesser bowl games. They would still be bowl-eligible teams, but they wouldn't be eligible for the college football playoff. And any team that won the uh, Northeast B would move up into Northeast A. And the team that finished dead last in Northeast A would move down to North, Northeast B. 
And then you'd also have Northeast C. You'd be in, in uh, NIU, Ball State, Western, Mich- uh, Western Michigan, Miami, uh, Marshall, Kent State, Akron, Buffalo, Army, UConn, stuff like that. That, in my opinion, would lend itself to coaches like, like take Fickle at Cincinnati, for instance. He was there and had a successful run for a couple of years. That would allow that would allow Cincinnati after year one to move up and play with the big boys and see if they have what it takes to hang in in a conference. And then after Fick leaves, obviously the play is probably going to go down a little bit. They would finish in last in A, move down to B, and somebody would move up. I think it would keep a lot of fresh matchups, and it would ensure that we don't have these cupcake schedule games to begin the college football playoff year with, which are just terrible and boring and pointless um i I think this would i think it would make for a lot neater regional regional matchups and it it would make every single game mean more for college football i like it i like it a lot honestly and and it just makes it you know we've talked about this that we don't like the cupcake games i know it's needed according to some people but i i don't i don't like it it's it's annoying um, I would much rather watch 12 games where my team is challenged. Yes. Um, and that's just a, that's just a lot better. I mean, the NFL doesn't have cupcake games. No. No, they don't. So why are you gonna want why are you gonna want college football to want cupcake games? I don't know. So, so yeah, it, and and this this would be an Ohio State's potential schedule. This is potentially what would look like in the in. Um, you know, in region, in division games would be this: Michigan State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Iowa, Northwestern, Boston College, Iowa State, and Michigan. Uh, largely the same schedule they have now. A couple different teams thrown in, um, but you know, it's it's largely a Big Ten schedule. And then their out of region games and out of division game would be this: they would take one team from Southeast A, and on this one I have South Carolina. They would take one team from Southwest A, which is Cal, and then they would take one team from Northwest A, which would be Nebraska. So your out-of-division games would be South Carolina, Cal, and Nebraska. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my idea to fix college football. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm, no, I, don't I don't either. I'm also not thinking you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I wrote this. I wrote this up a while ago. I thought it would just be a neat way to... And hopefully when the new college football game comes out next summer, we can implement this into the game and have a little fun with it. That'd be awesome. Uh, Billy, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last let's night. Let's do it, man. Let's do it, man. Softball. We had a bunch of softball action going on last night. Uh, Bowden at Harrelson County. Oh, uh, you do. I'm, dude, I am. <laughs> this, this is your segment. Oh, man. I, need more, I already need more coffee. Apparently so. All right, the Marine South School Board uh, last night, Bowden at Harrison County. Harrison County wins six to three. Uh, Carrollton fell to Alexander six to one. Uh, and from what I was told, it was just not a good defensive day for the Trojans. Uh, Central fell to Noonan four to two. Harrison County beat Trinity Christian nine to three. Uh, so they start their season off two and zero. Oh. And then Mount Zion fell to Creekside seven to two on the. Uh, Smith's forecomings games and events calendar tonight. Softball. Bowden at Troop County. Uh, Bremen at Hurd. Temple versus DC. Uh, Villarica versus Midtown. Um, Carrollton uh, versus. Oh, sorry, that's volleyball. I, 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 I copied and pasted the wrong oh. thing. That's volleyball, my bad. <laughs> volleyball. Carrollton versus is at Troop, and then Hurd County is facing Pepperell and Harrison County. In football, we have two scrimmages tonight. 
Mount Zion is at Bremen, and then Hurt County is at is hosting Northside Columbus, and, and I will be at Mount Zion and Bremen tonight. So that'll be a fun fun little matchup. That'll be nice, That's man. You got coming games on Mount calendar. You got to see uh, Bowden and Hurd last week, and then this week you get to see Mount Zion and Bremen. I get to see two, two of the locals. So. Yep. Then tomorrow, uh, I think I'm going to go see Bowden and Raven County. Oh, that should be good. That should be good. Yeah. Uh, I know Carol is Car- Carrollton. Are they playing Alexander in Carrollton or is Tomorrow. that in, is that in Douglasville? Yeah, it's in, in Carrollton. It's in Carrollton. That should be interesting. That should be interesting. I'll be at uh, Villarica versus Harrelson County. Um, good first look at the uh, Wildcats for the 2023 season. Bill, you need another cup of coffee, man. Uh, yeah, and apparently you do. Too. I do. I yes, I do. Uh, Cal and Stanford to the ACC. Apparently, it hits some significant roadblocks in getting them to the ACC, which uh, Cal and Stanford to the ACC surprised. just doesn't make sense to me geographically. Not that not that re, not that conferences make sense geographically anyways, but it has hit some significant roadblocks. Yeah, I, that's a little bit weird and out there, but you know, it is what it is. And the ACC is trying to build up something so they don't get relegated to uh, a, what is it, the Group of five. Group of five, yeah. <laughs> go go play with the WAC or the MAC or the Ohio Valley or whatever any right. of those other conferences are. Yeah, Cal and Stanford coming to uh, the Big 12 or the Big 10, in my opinion, would just make more sense. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Northwestern AD pushes back on a tone-deaf T-shirt that was apparently worn by the staff. The T-shirt read, Cats Against the World, followed by a number 51, the number Pat Fitzgerald wore as a two-time National defending, uh, national defensive player of the year at Northwestern in the mid '90s. Yeah, that's okay. That's a little bit out there, and I mean, I understand what they're doing, but at the same time, like, that's oof. that's not good when you have staff members that are that are wearing that, and, and you're the president pushing back. Like that is that's a lot of yeah. uh, you know in squad. Uh, uh, turmoil. That's that's not not a good taste up there, man. Anything that's happening up in Northwestern right now, any news that comes out of Northwestern, not good. Not good. Not getting any positive no. reports out there. Uh, X Raider Henry Rubs the Third sentenced to three to ten years for the fatal DUI he was involved in. Jesus, man, this sucks for him. Yep. Twenty four years old. Oh, yep. much for his playing career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not like he doesn't didn't deserve the three to ten years, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it just it sucks that it went down that way. Uh, antitrust suit against the UFC officially granted class action. This is a class certification. This has been going on for years. This was filed back in. Oh man, I I want to say this has been going on for like six to eight years. It, it was uh it, the. The, the class period encompasses any fighter who competed in the UFC from December 16th, 2010 to June 30th, 2017. Uh, the UFC obviously plans to appeal, but this is essentially a class action lawsuit with a bunch of the fighters coming together and saying that the UFC didn't pay them fair wages. That's messed up. Yeah. That's absolutely messed up. Yep. Uh, the plaintiffs are seeking 80 million and 1.6 billion in damages from the UFC. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this will be interesting to see how this plays out. It'll be. It'll also be interesting to see 
what fighters leave the UFC and join this class action lawsuit. Because if you're part of this class action lawsuit, you cannot be fighting for the UFC. Um, I think there's about 1,200 eligible fighters that could sue the UFC. We'll see how many of them actually join up and, and get into this thing. Uh, yesterday evening, Phillies pitcher Michael Lorenzen throws a no-hitter. Good for Lorenzen. Yeah. Bad for the Phillies. Yeah. I mean, it's good for the Phillies, but screw the Phillies. Yeah, yeah they're, um, they're so far down there, I don't really care. Yeah, after the win last night, where are we at? I think we're, we're, tw- I think, I think we're 12 up in the loss column. Right. Yeah, 12 so up in the loss column. Yeah, 10 and a half. But yeah, Michael Lorenzen throws a no-hitter last night for the Phils. And Billy, today in 1995, the Dodgers leading 2-1 in the ninth inning forfeit a game to the Cardinals because the fans became unruly. <laughs> I think I remember this game, honestly. They were handing out signed balls as a gate prize, and something happened. I, uh, the Dodgers manager at the time, I don't remember who he was, got thrown out of the game for arguing something. Uh, and the fans got so pissed off that they started peppering the field with the signed balls that they handed out at the gate. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so, yeah, I do remember this now. Yep, that is funny as heck. Uh, leading 2-1 in the ninth inning, you got to forfeit because your fans are going crazy. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Billy, you got anything else to add today, man? Hey, man, let's talk about, uh, real quick, let's talk about uh, what we got coming up on September 30th. Oh, yeah, I got a big party at Sissy's. Uh, TM5 taking over Sissy's. Uh, August 30th, the Georgia, or excuse me, September 30th, the Georgia versus Auburn game. Anybody that goes out there and mentions TM5 to their waitress or bartender will get 10% off their food order. Billy and I will be out there most of the day watching the games and hanging out up there. So uh, any TM5 fans come out there, say, hey, have a bite to eat, have a cold one. Uh, it should be a nice, nice little evening out there, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Come watch the games with us. Come cheer with us. Come, you know, root on um, you know, the oldest rivalry in the South is what that game is, if I remember correctly. It is. Yes, it is. Um, Indeed. So it's uh it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and and you know Bryce and I I'm sure will not be in our Ohio State gear um, because you know that's not who we are. Who we got that um, week? Do you know off the top of your head? No, I, I don't. I can pull that up for you. Let's look at let's look at the slate of games in the thirtieth because that's that's right in the middle of conference play, so it should be good. Uh, so we'll have Georgia at Auburn, Texas A&M at Arkansas. That should be good. Michigan State at yeah. Iowa. That should be good. Um, Bam at Mississippi State. That might be a decent little matchup. Um, LSU at uh, at Ole Miss. That should should be interesting just coaching-wise. South Carolina at Tennessee. USC at Colorado is that day. Uh, Oregon Stanford is that day. Scrolling down the list, trying to find some other big matchups. Ohio State might have a bye week that week. I I don't see them on the schedule. Coastal Carolina at Georgia Southern. I know our good friend Casey Bass will be interested in that one. Um, Ohio State might not play that day. No, Ohio State has a bye week that, that week, September 30th. Okay. Yeah, that so, works so we, we will not have – there's a lot of good games. We'll have all the big games on. Um, I know Illinois-Purdue is that day, but nobody's going to be watching that because nobody likes Illinois because they're a terrible football team. Uh, shout out, Larry. Um, but, yeah, a lot, lot, of, <laughs> lot of football a lot of football on the TV. So come out and enjoy a, a couple beers and a hamburger or some wings with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Voted number one, number one uh, Philly cheesesteak in Douglasville was was Sissy's Trackside Pub. They won they won a ton of awards 
in the uh, the recent you know award food thingy. They won uh, best place to have a cold beer, best sports bar atmosphere, best patio atmosphere. Uh, they were a finalist for best hamburger, uh, and they won best uh, Philly cheesesteak. So get out there, get some grub, get a cold beer, and get 10% off your food order when you mention TM5. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, dude. We're going to have some fun. Absolutely. That's it for today. For Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. We will see you all tomorrow morning on a Friday, a fiscally irresponsible Friday here on The Morning Five. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors!